Welcome to the Wealthier Together podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to help women cultivate wellness in all areas of their lives. Dr. Jessica Louie, PharmD, APH, BCCCP, is the CEO of Clarify, Simplify, Align, burnout coach and certified Marie consultant who helps women gain clarity of their purpose, simplify and declutter their home, wardrobes, and minds, and align their work into their lives with simple processes to avoid overwhelm, lead with confidence, and curate lives that they love. Jessica offers declutter coaching and burnout coaching in person or virtually to transform people's lives. Jessica holds a Doctor of Pharmacy degree from University of Southern California. She is a board-certified critical care pharmacist, advanced practice pharmacist in California, and currently teaches as an assistant professor at West Coast University School of Pharmacy. She uses her healthcare background to coach clients through emotional and difficult decisions. And you can connect with Dr. Louie on LinkedIn. So welcome, Dr. Louie. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So can you tell us a little bit of your story so the audience gets a little feel, a little background for what you do? Yes, thank you for the great introduction. So I am Jessica, and I'm really passionate about helping women, you know, in the pharmacist profession and in general, clear out clutter from their lives, both physically and emotionally, so we can all focus on what matters most and get out of a state of overwhelm. So I created my business, Clarify Simplify Align, and you know it didn't happen overnight, so I can share a little bit about my background and my story. So I personally went through burnout. I am originally from the Midwest, came out to USC in California, and spent nine years training here. So I received my bachelor degree and doctor of pharmacy degree from USC, and then pursued a residency in critical care at the University of Utah. And it was a great experience and I loved it. And then I transitioned into a faculty position at West Coast University School of Pharmacy afterwards. And really during my PGY2 in critical care and my first career in academia, I was experiencing burnout. I just didn't know it at the time because I didn't have a specific term for it. But I was really exhausted, you know, physically and emotionally. I was constantly bringing work home with me. I wasn't coping with the death in the critical care world very well. And I had this low sense of accomplishment because I was really involved in research projects, pouring thousands of hours into both prospective and retrospective studies and getting a lot of rejections from different journals over time and didn't really feel like I had accomplished some of my goals through that time. And I didn't really have clear goals in general. So I basically coped with a lot of the stress during this time by accumulating physical things, you know, accumulating clothing for my wardrobe and physical items for my home. And I didn't feel like I had clear goals. And then I had a life event where my aunt died at a young age. And I decided that you know, I wasn't really living intentionally. I needed to make a change. So I found Marie Kondo in her books, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up and Spark Joy. And it really saved me uh, from my burnout and stress by decluttering and simplifying my life. So I applied the KonMari method to my home and then to the rest of my life, really being intentional with my health and well-being, my finances, and my relationships. 
And I think that my family and friends really started to notice a change because they asked for me to help them do the same thing. And then this eventually grew into my full business and I was officially certified with Marie Kondo and her team back in 2018. So now I'm able to help other pharmacists and professionals really battle some of their overwhelm by working with them. That's wonderful. Thank you for sharing your story. It's always good to get someone else's perspective and especially other pharmacists or other professionals that work in the healthcare field and in other fields. We tend to just kind of like go through, we go through school, we get that internship and then we come out and then we're just still achieving. And so we don't realize that sometimes that we need to kind of stop and reassess and figure out really what it is that we want to do before we burn out. Kind of like you said, you were, you were very driven, you, you know, finished school, you were applying and sending, doing research. And so we kind of get caught up in that and we don't realize that sometimes we need to kind of step back and reassess and usually life events, unfortunately, force us to do that. Yes, definitely. So what is burnout? So burnout, I would say, is a syndrome, and it's characterized by three different characteristics. Uh, The first one being exhaustion, and I characterize that by both physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual exhaustion. You know, they're um, a spectrum, and they all affect one another. And then cynicism, which is another way to say depersonalization or negative viewpoint, and then decreased self-efficacy which is a low sense of accomplishment or doubting self. So, you know, these three combined, you know, people may not have all three characteristics. They may just have at least one or two. It does have more of a formal definition nowadays. Okay. So if someone just has one or two, how do they know if they're burning out? Do they have to have all of them or is it just one or two enough for them to notice that they may have burnout? I personally think just one or two is, you know, showing signs that you are going down, you know, a path that you really want to reset because we don't want it to get too far gone uh, where we are possibly leaving the profession that we once loved. So, you know, having one or two of the characteristics is definitely something that you would want to start looking at, putting together strategies so you reset them and then prevent these types of feelings in the future. Okay. So what are the most common signs of burnout? You talked about exhaustion, physical, mental, spiritual. You talked about the spectrum. If someone, what are are some signs that someone who may not realize that they're in any of those spectrums that they they could notice or pick out? Mm -hmm. So for exhaustion, I really think that you probably are not feeling fully rested or that you have chronic fatigue. And you may attribute that to something else, but that is your body showing you that, you know, there's something wrong that you need to take care of yourself. And then for, you know, cynicism or depersonalization, you may be losing your ability to empathize with patients or your coworkers or staff in general. And you may feel a little bit isolated that, um, you know, things that used to be bring you joy no longer bring you joy. And then with low sense of personal accomplishment or low sense of self-efficacy, you may start doubting that your work really is making a difference. Or if you're getting to a really apathetic point where you're asking yourself, well, what's the point if I do this? No one notices my value anymore. And 
you may be, you know, just kind of running on a hamster wheel, just trying to get something done, but there is no finish line uh, at the end of it. Okay. How does burnout affect our physical health and well-being? So I think burnout definitely affects our physical health, you know, if you're not fully rested. And our physical symptoms start to show when we are possibly, you know, having some emotional symptoms where we're angry or have anxiety or depression or, you know, we're not being able to focus mentally. So these start showing in our physical ways where we're developing maybe headaches or migraines. We also could be developing some gastrointestinal problems and upset and not being able to digest our foods as we used to. So, you know, our mental and emotional well-being, you know, is not then supporting our physical health and our physical health is showing some of those symptoms. So that it probably shows up more emotional and then mental. And then, of course, the, since the phys- our physical health is tied to it, then it starts, when we keep ignoring it, then it shows up in our, in our body and especially with digestion. Yes. I mean, it's really related, you know, with our stress levels, our cortisol can go up. We can, um, you know, then have this fight or flight response. So, you know, some of the organs that, you know, are not getting as much blood flow to them, including our GI system, then are affected. Okay. How can decreasing mental and emotional clutter help prevent burnout? It definitely helps. I definitely advocate for decluttering and simplifying our lives. I think that it's first important if people are not uh, familiar with the difference between mental and emotional clutter, I'll quickly define them, you know, based on my opinion. Uh, So I think that, you know, mental clutter, we're really looking at our thoughts and ability to process information and set goals. And then with our emotional clutter, we're really looking at our ability to express our feelings and, you know, our gratitude and forgiveness. And then I would add spiritual clutter to that as well, because it's really looking at our energy levels and how we align our values with our decisions day to day. So I think that it's really important to take control and possibly stop reacting to life, you know, being proactive instead of reactive to life in different situations. And that means when we're accumulating mental clutter, this, you know, often in our digital world could be from our phone or text messages or emails. I recommend to people to start closing the files around them so that they don't have to continue remembering everything, having their head spin from remembering a new meeting or to respond to an email or prepare for a meeting. So acknowledging that even though people like to say that they can multitask, no one can really multitask. You know, it's really about how can we solo focus on one thing at a time. And we can multitask by, you know, listening to a song and washing dishes, but we can't multi-focus on two things and do both of them well. So I think it's important to remove those distractions and mental clutter. So I call it closing the files. So if you, if it takes less than two minutes to complete, do it now. And this means that a lot of times in the digital world, if you're checking your emails constantly, you still have a lot of notifications coming through your phone to set intention and in how you check them. So you can declutter your email. I community loves um, I declutter your email 15 day challenge where we move, remove this mental clutter and it's a free download for them. And then, you know, also setting intention about how you get notifications in general on email or calendars or 
phone calls and things like that. And then in terms of emotional and spiritual clutter, you know, we may be accumulating that by being distracted or not aligning our decisions with our core values. So I think that it's important to know your why and your values in the, you know, first so that you can then implement them and align them in your life. And then, you know, it really is about recognizing things in your life so that you have gratitude and thankfulness throughout the day. So that could be implementing journaling or something else in your life so that, you know, all this mental, emotional clutter isn't building up to then cause, you know, the emotional exhaustion and things like that related to burnout. Okay, I think that's a really good perspective because most people think about like the physical clutter in their homes, but they never really think about, oh, you know, my thoughts are cluttering my my mind or I have emotional clutter. So I think that's a really good perspective so that people can kind of realize that, hey, it's not just physical, that you can also have mental and emotional clutter. How does burnout affect our productivity? I think that we're not as productive when we feel burnt out, you know, and that's because of the physical, emotional, or mental clutter that we are carrying. So we're either, you know, so far gone that we're not even trying, you know, to be our best at work or in our life, or um, we are so fatigued, you know, chronic fatigue and not rested so that we can't accomplish, we can't concentrate so that we can accomplish our day-to-day goals. And it definitely, you know, affects our productivity um, every day then. Okay, that makes sense. And I think from before, also, what you, it seems like what you're saying is it's important to set boundaries. So with the notifications uh, on the phone and the email, so basically you're teaching your community to set clear boundaries so they know when they can set aside time to either check their notifications or their emails, which helps them focus and become and be more productive throughout the day. Yes, definitely. I mean, uh, setting boundaries are really important and, you know, learning how to do that, you know, with grace and compassion is important, you know, for anyone in their day-to-day life. That's true. So what can women do to bounce back and recover from burnout once they've gone through it? So when I think that it's important to first take a step back and think about, uh, in my opinion, burnout is not a problem to be solved and it's difficult to do it on your own. So it's important to ask for help. So I talk about burnout uh, with women in terms of, you know, burnout and well-being are really processes. They're not conquered. They're not solved. They're really reset. And this is similar to fitness and exercise in our day-to-day lives, you know, we, you know, exercise to stay fit and, you know, we use different strategies and different exercises to, you know, stay fit in our day-to-day life, you know, and it's a never ending process, you know, it never goes away. You know, we have to continue to exercise and move our bodies to stay fit. And in, in relation to burnout, you know, we're really building up our muscles and practicing burnout prevention strategies so that just like we build up our muscles for fitness. So being able to use some of these you know, productivity tips and, you know, boundary tips is important to then reset burnout throughout your life. And then in terms of asking for help, I think that, you know, as healthcare professionals, you know, we're really trained, you know, throughout our careers, you know, to be very high performing. And we aren't, 
necessarily ones to ask for help when we need it. You know, even though looking back on our journey, most of us were coached throughout our uh, training process, you know, either through our, you know, graduate and healthcare education and possible residencies or fellowship, you know, we were coached and mentored throughout that process. But then when we become professionals and are on our own, we no longer have, you know, coaches or mentors as much in our day-to-day lives. And I think adding them back in is really important. You know, it's really similar to our high-level professional athletes. You know, they have coaches to support them in their highest level of their career. And I think bringing that back into healthcare medicine is important. So asking for help and being able to, you know, relate to one another and be able to share your story so that people and, you know, other women can also join in in on the conversation. And then if you need to ask for help either in your healthcare organization, if they have the resources there, uh, I know there's a lot of well-being and resiliency centers that have started uh, there was one that started after my residency, uh, after I left. Or you can ask for help, you know, outside of your institution with an external, you know, coach or mentor. Okay. I definitely agree with what you said. Um, once we get out of school, we, we no longer have those mentors. And then because we're usually busy either trying to build a practice or excel in, that, in whatever else we're doing. And so we just kind of go at it ourselves because we just tend to be high performing and we don't ask for help. And this is one reason a lot of healthcare professionals, unfortunately, go through burnout and isolation. So that is a really, really good point. Thanks for sharing that. So what are some things that women can do to prevent it, to prevent burnout professionally and personally? That's a great question. I think that there are a lot of different ways we can shift our mindsets and shift our habits to really help prevent and reset burnout. You know, my first step would really be to clarify your purpose and your values. So getting back to who you, who are you as a person? What are your core values? You know, I needed to do this myself when I went through burnout in terms of really defining my, you know, values and my goals. And then, you know, also reminding yourself that you're not defined by your profession, your job title, you're really defined by you as a person and as as a human being. So not getting caught up in job titles and things like that so that you really can clarify that process. And then another step would be to really simplify and declutter. So I really encourage people to simplify their physical space in their home. And that can be through any type of process. If you if you resonate with the KonMari method, that's one way you could do it. And then apply that and simplify and declutter your mental, emotional, and spiritual space. And, you know, this could help reduce decision fatigue, really set intentions around how you structure your day, you know, time blocking or batching out how you structure your day or your week. And then another step would be to really focus on generating energy. You know, we can't take care of ourselves. We can't take care of others. We don't take care of ourselves, and you know, and that's the same reason. Getting back to proper proper self care and simplifying these routines is important. So I recommend that people pick one area of their life to focus on first before we start to habit staff on top of that. So that could either mean you know focusing on sleep hygiene if you don't feel like you're well rested and aren't sleeping long enough. You know, getting back to just focusing on you know what's happening there. Can we? remove some barriers, you know, either digital things that might be affecting your sleep or, you know, eating habits that might be affecting your sleep and really focus on that. And then uh, once you have accomplished your goals there, then moving on to something else. So maybe, 
you want to move your body more and exercise. So maybe a 20 minute walk per day would help you. And then if you would like to bring some more joy into your life, you know, you can start priming yourself with joy in the morning. So I talk to uh, people to really journal this out or just ask a simple question of themselves each morning, thinking about what is one thing I can get excited about today and writing that down so that you are priming yourself for the rest of the day and really setting intention around it. And I have a lot more you know, ideas and tips on, you know, how you could shift your mindset and habits, you know, that could prevent burnout. I have a free webinar that your listeners are welcome to join. It's only 15 minutes where they have a few more tips and things outside of the podcast. Okay. That sounds great. I will get the link and then put it in the show notes. So what professions are more susceptible to burnout? So I think this is a difficult question. I think that any profession is susceptible to burnout. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, healthcare, you know, is a little bit more susceptible because of our work environments nowadays. And it's not just, you know, one specialty in healthcare. I think that anyone is susceptible. I think it's just knowing that it's out there and what it is is important because people may not recognize it. People may not be talking about it. Uh, so just advocating for you know, there may be employees that are experiencing some high levels of stress that are then turning into burnout and being able to help these employees and really support them through that process is important. I wouldn't necessarily pinpoint one profession over the other. I think that, you know, our research is showing that there are higher levels of suicide and higher levels of mental health and depression throughout, you know, medical all medical fields right now and you know it's just important to talk about it and make sure that people get the help that they need. I think that's good getting either community or someone that can walk them through that process. So what are some ways that listeners can get in touch with you? I know you mentioned the 15-minute webinar. What are some other ways they can get in contact with you? So the best way is to visit my website clarifysimplifyaligncom and you know I have some free resources if you want some decluttering starter kits or the webinar and you can declutter your email as well and then you know I would love for anyone who is interested in burnout or well-being I am thinking of launching more courses and things around this topic and more community around this topic so uh, you're welcome to join my email list to learn about the pre-launch and news related to it. Great. Thank you so much for giving your expertise, sharing your story, and providing all these resources for listeners to go and check out so they can declutter their home, their mind, their emotions, and also prevent burnout. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Wealthier Together podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and share this podcast with a friend.